And thank you for joining us today. I have a message. This is a, uh, just a special message that I'm preaching uh, just to the online, uh, online group today. So I've got, uh, I've got this just for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 is what we know as the love chapter. Uh, you know, that's the one that says, now abides faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And then Paul, as he's writing to the Corinthians, he goes through and tells them what love really is. And when he gets to verse 5, here's what it says. Uh, it is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. That is one of the most powerful verses about love that's in the Bible. Four things it says here. It is not rude. You know, uh, if you love someone, you're not rude to them. And you say, well, they just, you know, I'm just going to be honest and I'm just going to say what I think and it doesn't matter. It really does matter. And so when, you know, a lot of times people will say something and, and, they, will, and uh, they will be asked about it or questioned about this and said, why did you think that was rude? Well, it wasn't what they said, it was how they said it. I think we as Christian people have to be careful about everything that we say and how we say it. Uh, speak the truth in love is what the Bible says. Speak the truth in love. So if you've got some truth you've got to get to somebody, you don't have to wash it down or water it down. Wash it down maybe, <laughs> not water it down. But, but you need to give it to them in such a way that they know that you love them. You know, that, that you're not just frustrated over something and that's why I want to get this across to you. You know, if you talk to anybody in frustration, it's not going to turn out good. But here the Bible says it is not rude. Love is not rude. It is not self-seeking, not just looking for its own. Uh, it is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. The title of this message today is How to Overcome Resentment. How to Overcome resentment. Everybody gets resentment. Everybody. This happens because it is a fact of life that people hurt people intentionally and non-intentionally. We all hurt somebody. You know, someone was, well, you'll find, you may not find out till later, but someone said, well, you know, what you said to them hurt them. I, I remember a few years ago, I, I was at a Thanksgiving uh, supper or dinner uh, at, at, um, at one of my sister's houses. I had two at the time. One of them has passed away. The one that's passed away is older, and she was at that, she was at that Thanksgiving dinner. And I remember my mother told me, before we ever went, she said, did you know you hurt your sister's feelings? And I said, I did what? She said, you, you said something that hurt her feelings. And my mother told me what I'd said. And I was just joking around. And we were in a group or something, and I was just joking around. And I, and I, I made a joke and, and just didn't think anything about it, but it hurt her feelings. And I just, at first I just brushed it off. And I said, well, you know, she, she shouldn't have got hurt because I wasn't, certainly wasn't trying to hurt her feelings. But the more I thought about it, I thought, that was my sister. She loves me, and I love her. And, and what I said, even if it was unintentional, 
it hurt her feelings. And so I made things right with her. This is what I'm saying is, sometimes we do things unintentionally. We'll say something, and we don't, we don't think to, to say something that's going to hurt or that's going to sound bad, but, but it comes out that way anyway. Um, so we get, we get this too. And, and if you give it out, you get it back. I mean, there's times whenever I, I will have someone uh, say something and I'll take it a certain way. And, I, I'll, and if I harbor that, and if I keep going over and over in my mind what they said, it will end up in resentment. Resentment. Um, I, and I had that happen to me one time. I had a man uh, came into the district office. I was up there visiting someone. And he came in and I was telling some story. And he said, he said oh, Bobo, we don't want to hear about that. And, and uh, it hurt my feelings. I thought, well, I don't, I don't understand this. And for the longest time, I've harbored some resentment toward this man who made that statement. One day in my prayer time, thank God that God speaks to us in our spirit. One day during my prayer time, uh, as I was praying to the Lord, and I was, I, was, I was thinking about something I had said that I didn't mean, and the Lord just dropped this into me. He said, that man that said that to you was joking with you. He thought he was joking with you. And when I got that concept in my mind, I called him up. I didn't tell him about that, but I just called him up just to talk to him, just to, just to chat with him. And I realized that this, this, man, this man loved me. He, he, you know, he considered me a friend. He thought that I was someone close enough a friend that he could just pop off at me like that, and I'd take it because, believe me, I can dish out some stuff too. How to overcome it? You, first of all, when someone says something to you, uh, you know, it, it, you, you've got to take it and don't let it grow into something that it's not. See, resentment eats at you and it eats at your enemy. It leaves you emotionally empty uh, so that you can't do or, or, or be or do what you need to do. It takes a lot of energy to fuel resentment. A lot of your time, a lot of your thoughts, a, a lot of your processing, it takes a lot to do that. So 1 Corinthians 13, 5, again, it says, it is not rude, not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, or it doesn't, doesn't easily get resentful, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Now that's, that's, the key right there it keeps no record of wrongs so someone said something to you this says that if you love them if you have love you don't keep a record this husbands and wives need this every family members everyone in the church needs this you need this today this is why you're still watching this is why you you're tuned in you may have get it next week you may not get it on sunday but you'll hear this and you'll realize yeah i've been keeping record you know and this this is why marriages break up it is that is that someone's keeping score look she's done this this many times she he keeps doing this he keeps saying this and this happens over and over until the resentment builds up to one day one of them just says hey i've had enough 
I don't have to live like this. I can find someone that will appreciate me. I can, I, can, I, I can find love someplace else besides here because it doesn't feel like this is love. So in, in resentment, we're going to go back to a person who had every right to be resentful. If the whole, in the whole Bible, if you were to go through the whole Bible and find any one person who had a perfect right to be resentful, it would have to be Job. Oldest book in the Bible. Not the first one in our canon, but the oldest book in the Bible. The book of Job. So let's look at Job a little bit today. I, I don't usually like to look at Job because I get depressed over all the things he was depressed over. But we need this today. So we're going to look at the life of Job. And, and again, if there's anybody in the Bible who could have been filled res, re, with resentment, it's Job. In one day, his children were all murdered. His wife turned against him. He went bankrupt and lost everything. And he caught an incurable disease. In one day, these things happen. Lose your children. Your wife turns against you. Lose all the money that you have. And you get an incurable disease. So in, in spite of the pain of your past, can God possibly make the rest of your life the best part of your life? So every, every one of us has some pain in the past. But can God take that and can he, through that, make the rest of your life the best part? Let's look at what causes resentment. What people say about us can cause resentment. Job chapter 12, verse 5. This is in the Living Bible, not the Living Translation, but the Living, the old one you know, that we used to have, the Living Bible. It said, Meanwhile, the rich mock those in trouble and are quick to despise all those in need. See, what people say, that, you know, the rich, the, those, they, they mock, they say, you know, those, those that are, are doing well sometimes will look down on those that are not doing so well. And, and so some of the things that people say about us can cause us to have resentment. You know, we had the saying growing up. I think it's still around, by the way. And it's not in the Bible. It doesn't come from the Word of God. It says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt them. I'm here to tell you that is not true. Words can destroy a person. Words can, if, if a... If a husband is demeaning to his wife and speaks negatively to her and about her, it can destroy her. And it's not necessary and it's not right. And if you do that, as many of us have said things we shouldn't say, then repent of it and go forward from that and don't do that. Again, Job 19 verse 5 says this, if indeed you would exalt yourselves above me and use my humili humiliation against me. Job is talking about you're using, you're, you're exalting yourself because you're not going through what I'm going through. And you're using my humiliation against me. If, if you're going through some tough times and, and you're having some rough, the last thing you need is for someone to humiliate you even further. Well, what's the matter with you? Why can't you do better than that? Why does this keep, why do you keep doing this? Why do you, you know, what you, you know, Job was in a place where he, there was no reason 
for him to have what was happening to him. He had, he had done no wrong. He, he, had, he had not sinned. He had not done anything wrong. And, and here Job is having to deal with the fact that he's sick when he wasn't. He's broke when he had all the money he needed. His children are dead. His wife's turned against him. All of these things have turned against him. And then he had some friends that came along. And they were pointing at him saying, it's all your fault. It's your fault. You're, it's, it's, it's because of you that all these things have happened to you. Can you imagine how that made Job feel? That had, to, that had to be devastating to him. How is this that you can say this? You know, and, and, and Job had no defense. Because he didn't know why he was going through all the things he was. Things that happened to you. Look, things happen. Life is full of surprises. Believe me, I've learned a few of those surprises. Some things that happen to you, you can't help. It just happened to you. You say, well, that old devil, that old devil. You know, any time that I've tripped and fallen or had something, it wasn't the old devil. It was, I, I was clumsy or I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that the old devil came and just pushed me down. No, see, so some things, and when these things happen, here, these things are happening to Job and his friends are coming along saying, you must have sinned. You must not be living right. You're doing something wrong or this wouldn't have happened. The number one place for resentment is at home. Home. Those who are closer to us. Those, uh, and, and the ones who have the, the ones that are closer to us are the ones who have the greatest ability to hurt us. Because they're close to us. If, if someone out there that I know doesn't like me anyway says something, I just, they don't like me anyway. But if your close family starts hurting you, it hurts even more. The normal reaction to being hurt is resentment. We, that's what we're talking about today, resentment. It is normal, but it is harmful and it's damaging. Resentful, resentment does three things to us. First of all, it is unreasonable. It doesn't make sense. Resentment doesn't make sense. It's irrational. It's not worth the effort. There, there's no value in resentment. You can't tell somebody, well, you know, I was resentful for five years and, uh, and I finally I became a better person because of it. I, I stayed resentful against someone and, and because I hung in there with my resentment, I'm a better man today for it. The only way you can, the only way you can get a good testimony out of resentment is saying, hey, I was resentful. I, I, I repented. I got over my resentment. I got over what they did to me. I, kept, I stopped keeping record of wrongs. If we really love someone, we'll stop keeping a record of it. It's, it's unreasonable. Again, it doesn't make sense. It's irrational. It's not worth the effort. And there's no value in it. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 9 says this. Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry. For anger rests in the bosom of fools. Or what it means is don't hold a grudge. Don't hold a grudge. Psalms 106 verse 33 says, Because they rebelled against his spirit, so that he spoke rashly with his lips. See, if, if you, you know, if, if someone is coming against you or they're rebelling against, and this is talking about the spirit of God, that they rebelled against his spirit and they spoke rashly with their lips. Um, resentment, 
again, is unreasonable. Secondly, resentment, resentment is unhelpful. Those who resent you may not even, or those who, yeah, those who resent may not even know it, uh, but the, it, it's there. Um, I like the Three Stooges. I love to watch the old black and white uh, clips, short clips of the Three Stooges and their antics and all. And they, oh, they were, they were so rude to each other and rude to everybody else. They, it, it just, it, but it's funny. You know, they loved each other. They stuck together. They, they were always together in everything they did, but they were always dishing out something to each other. So, one of the old, old black and white shows of the Three Stooges. Um, Curly was talking to Mo about something who kept hitting him uh, on the chest. Mo was hitting, if you remember, Mo did that. This is how Mo Howard. He was hitting Curly and he was hitting him on the chest while Curly's trying to tell him something. So Curly says this, next time I will put a stick of dynamite on my chest and it'll blow his hand off. That's what resentment is. It, it's, it's, re resentment is just like that. I'm going to get you. You're going to keep hitting me. I'll just put a stick of dynamite. Whatever you do in resentment is going to hurt you as much as it hurts the other person. Some people say that's okay as long as it hurts them. I'll, I'll be glad to blow myself up if it, if it blows his hand off. That's how far resentment goes. We don't care. We just want, we just want everything made right. We want, we want to get back. We want to, we want to retaliate. Resentment is also unhealthy. Job 21 in verse 23 says this, one dies in his full strength, being wholly at ease and secure. He, his pails are full of milk, and the marrow of his bones is moist. Another man dies in the bitterness of his soul, never having eaten with pleasure. L look at this. They, they, you know, again, one dies in full strength, being everything's great. Uh, his pail is full of milk and the marrow of his bones is moist, but another man dies in the bitterness of his soul, never having eaten with pleasure. That's what resentment does. It's unhealthy. Resentment will kill you. It'll make you unhealthy. And, and this, is, this is what we're talking about today. Look, look at three things that turn Job's life around. We've got to get this. Job revealed that he was hurt. Job chapter 7 verse 11. Therefore, I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. He's saying, I'm revealing that I'm hurt. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Job said, I'm not going to just keep quiet about this. He said, I'm going to reveal, I'm hurt. And, I've, and I'm just going to let it be, I'm hurt. And, and, and uh, he revealed his hurt. Some people go through their whole life, they're hurt, they're bitter, but they're not going to tell anybody anything which could make it better, which, which could help. See, Job needed to get all this bitterness off of his chest. Now, who he needed to get it off his chest to was God. It was God. You don't necessarily have to go to the person that you feel like has offended you. 
You know, the Bible says if you've offended someone, you go to them. Or if someone has all against you, perhaps you go to them. But, but you don't. Here's the thing. Most people who you think have wronged them don't have any clue that they've wronged you. And some of them do. I know that. I, there's some people just hateful and mean and they don't care. But many of them, they don't know that they were being rude to you. They don't know that they, they were just being honest and straightforward and they thought you could take it and you couldn't take it and they perhaps should have worded it different or done something different, but they didn't. That's how they did it. And so what do you do? You go to God. You say, God, that hurt my feelings. And you know, God will just, God will just put his arms around you and you say, well, bless your heart. I went to the cross. They made fun of me on the cross. They looked up at me and they said, no, nah, if you're... You know, if you're the son of God, take yourself down from there. They ridiculed, they, they hurt him, they beat him, they put him on a cross. So you can go to God and he'll help you with this because he's been through the same thing. Yet he didn't come out bitter. Jesus didn't come out of the grave bitter. We just had Easter a couple of Sundays ago, and, and, or three Sundays ago, and, and Jesus did not become Two Sundays ago, trying to add up here real quick. Here a couple of Sundays ago, we had Easter, and Jesus came out of the grave, not bitter, but better. He did not let, he did not let what they said to him on the cross grab a hold of him and turn him from his purpose. You have a purpose in your life. Don't let what somebody said about you, either in anger or in, or in ignorance, either one, don't let that cause you to be bitter. But come up out of that grave of resentment. Come up out of that grave of hurt. Come up out of that grave like Jesus did. He did not allow it to become resentful. He allowed it to become victorious for our sakes. So many people resent God. Talking about resentment. There's people watching me right now. You, 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 have, you may not admit to it, but God disappointed you somehow. Somewhere God did not do what you thought he ought to do. And you resent that. You actually resent God. I, I've seen people and talked to people before. They said, you know, I, I prayed for something and God didn't answer me. And I don't know why. That's resentment. Don't resent God. You can't bury the past if the past is alive. If you keep the past alive, constantly stirring the pot, Constantly stirring your thoughts. As I preached a few weeks ago about, uh, about cows whenever they chew the cud. And, and uh, it goes down into that first stomach and mixes with acids. And then they bring it back up and they chew on it some more. We do that with our resentment. We just keep bringing it back up. So Job revealed his hurt. Then he released the offender. Oh, I love this. Job chapter 42, verse 10. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. When Job released his friends, how did he do that? He prayed for them. God, this person has hurt me. You know what God says? Pray for them. What does Jesus say? Pray for those who despitefully use you. 
That's how we're supposed to love those who treat you wrong. Pray for them. If you love them, then you have to go over to 1 Corinthians 13 and find out, how do I treat this person that's done me wrong? You don't keep record of the wrongs. Keep, quit marking down, that's another one, that's another one, that's another one. That's why Peter goes and asks Jesus, he said, how many times do I have to forgive somebody? Seven times? Jesus said, 70 times seven. In other words, you keep forgiving as long as forgiveness is needed. This is what God does for me. How many times has God forgiven you? How many times have you hurt his feelings? How many times have you done something you knew you shouldn't do and you grieve the heart of God and you grieve the Holy Spirit and yet you come back to him and you say, I'm sorry, Lord. And the Bible says, if we confess our sins, what does he do? He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, release the offender. Uh, abusers become abusers. Alcoholics' children have a strong possibility of becoming alcoholics if they don't find something else. And this, this is just a, a natural world statistic that people who abuse, people who are abused will many times, not all the time, no, but will many times turn out abusing somebody else because that gets in their spirit. And if you don't, but love doesn't keep record of offenses. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about you've been sexually abused as a child or abused in any other way. It doesn't mean that you, it doesn't mean that you let that person off the hook that they don't still have to pay uh, the criminal uh, crime for that. What it does, it releases you. You forgive them, but you don't excuse them. You don't have to go to Thanksgiving dinner with them. But you, at some point, you have to release them, which also releases you. They may, may still spend time in prison for the things that they did against you. But you're not staying in prison because of the resentment. Then we need to refocus our lives. Job 11 verse 13 says this. If you would prepare your heart and stretch out your hands toward him, God, if iniquity were in your hand and you put it far away and, and would not let wickedness dwell in your tents, then surely you could lift up your face without spot. Yes, you could be steadfast and not fear because you would forget your misery. Get that? You would forget your misery and remember it was it as waters that have passed away and your life would be brighter than noonday though you were dark you would be like the morning and you would be secure because there is hope yes you would dig around you and take your rest in safety in other words you would refocus your whole life because you would forget your misery and remember as the waters that have passed away Refocus your life. Quit focusing on your resentment. And refocus your life on God. And the things of God. And what God can do for you. Most of us want to get. I'm closing with this. Most of us want to get the memory healed first. It doesn't work that way. You begin refocusing your life. And your mind will begin healing. 
God, God can begin healing your mind. You forgive and the healing starts at the moment of your forgiveness. Several years ago, I was pastoring a little church and, and there were some people that got sideways with me over some issues that they were wrong. I mean, they were totally wrong. I was in the right. I mean, I've, I've not changed my feeling about that. But, but it, I resented it. I, I resented it. I won't even give you the issues today because I'm over it. But it, it was issues that, uh, that uh, again, I hadn't done anything wrong. And this was not in my present church. It was years ago. But I, I remember the first, the first months, maybe even years, uh, after leaving that church, um, I would bring it up, either in a message or in something. It would it would come up, you know. And I would I would even give the details of it because I I was proud of the fact that I stood for what was right and these people didn't and all that and and uh, they you know they were wrong to do what they did and that hurt me. It as a young pastor, it hurt me that that this happened to me. So, like I said, for for a good while after I left that place, um, I, I I held that resentment until one day I, I allowed myself to to get over that, to turn it over to God. Say, God, you know, yes, they did that, but they didn't. I, I was I tried to be like Jesus on the cross. I'm not like Jesus in most ways, but I tried to be like Jesus on the cross, where He said, "Father, forgive them." They don't even know what they're doing. See, let me, let me just stop right there. Most of the people who are resenting you don't know what they're doing. Oh, yeah, they may know they're making you mad at the time. They may know that they're hurting your feelings at the time, but they don't really truly know what they're doing. If they, had the, if the, if they, could, if they could just see with God's eyes. See, God's so merciful. We need to learn how to be more merciful to each other. Have mer- because you don't know when you're going to need mercy. And the Bible says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. In my life, I've messed up so much, and I've had so much happen to me. I need the mercy of God. That's why when someone messes up, I want to make sure that I have mercy and forgiveness for that. So you refocus your life. You allow, And that's not, that's not just one of these new age things. Start meditating on something. But no, that, that's, it's meditating on the Word. Thinking about what God's done for you. Realizing what He's been through. Thinking of what you did to Him and He forgave you. Forgive these people. And move on with your life. And as you do that, your mind will begin healing. So that this little incident I told you about churches years ago. I cannot tell you when the last time was I even mentioned that or thought about it. But in preparing this message, it came to my mind as an illustration that would hopefully help you. It may be years before I ever even think or talk about it again. It's gone. It's gone. In fact, a lot of those people are gone. They've gone on to be with the Lord. And I really believe they've gone to be with the Lord. And I'll see them someday. And when I see them, I'll put my arms around them and say, I love you. Because I didn't keep record of the wrongs. So today, as, as we pray. I want to pray for you. Uh, You obviously don't have an altar uh, to come to here, but you have an altar in your own home, your living room, or wherever you are. Make an altar right there and pray. If you're holding resentment against somebody, 
If somebody has wronged you, somebody said something to hurt you, whatever it is that you're holding, look, let it go this morning. Forgive them this morning. You say, well, Pastor, do I need to call them up? No. Forgive them right here. And just let, them, let God know right now, God, you know what they said to me? And it's all yours. I'm going to just love them and pray for them and pray good things for them. Oh, I've done that. One of the hardest things to do is to pray for your enemies, but it's one of the most helpful things you'll ever learn to do. I've prayed for people who have talked so ugly about me. I even put it in my phone to pray for someone at 9 o'clock every night. I prayed that, that, uh, I prayed that God would bless them. I said, God, bless them. Just bless them. If you'll start blessing the, your enemies today, you start doing good to those who despise you, and you turn all your resentment over to God, I promise you, you will start feeling a release in your spirit like you've never had before. And you just say, God, I'm releasing them, and I'm going to go free because of it. You're also freeing them, but you're mostly freeing yourself. Father, I pray for those that are watching today. Touch their hearts, change their lives, take away the resentment, help them to help them to see God that they're hurting themselves by holding grudges and bitterness. And a root of bitterness has grown up into some of their lives, but God, I pray that today we can forgive everyone, everyone, whether it's a former spouse, whether it's a whether it's a church member, whether it's a a, a co-worker on the job or whoever it is that uh, a parent or whoever it is God we forgive them today we don't excuse what's been done but we forgive it and we release them and ourselves to the mercy of God God let us be merciful people let us have a heart of mercy that we can release people and we will be released also and in this way we will learn to overcome resentment.